Our scripture text this morning is found in the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter 1, verses 1 through 9. 1 Corinthians, chapter 1, reading verses 1 through 9. From Paul, called by God's will to be an apostle of Jesus Christ, and from Sosthenes, our brother. To God's church that is in Corinth, to those who have been made holy to God in Christ Jesus, who are called to be God's people, together with all those who call upon the name of our Lord Jesus Christ in every place, he's their Lord and ours. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God always for you because of God's grace that was given to you in Christ Jesus. That is, you were made rich through him in everything, in all your communication and every kind of knowledge, in the same way that the testimony about Christ was confirmed with you. The result is that you aren't missing any spiritual gift while you wait for our Lord Jesus Christ to be revealed. He will also confirm your testimony about Christ until the end, so that you will be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful, and you were called by him to partnership with his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading and hearing of God's word. Let us pray. Almighty God, as we hear these words from Paul to your church at Corinth, Lord, let us hear your words for us in this place today. Speak to us in our hearts the message that you would have us to take from this service. In Christ's name we pray, amen. These opening verses of 1 Corinthians are both a proclamation of Christian faith as a new way of life, but it's also an invitation to enter into the hard but essential work of confronting the conflicts and the differences that are part of being a body of Christ. The context of this letter is a letter to a church in trouble, a church that was divided. There is much to criticize in the Corinthian church at that time, and Paul is about to roll up his sleeves and let them know about it. The Corinthian church knows what it is that divides it and separates them. But Paul's purpose, he feels the importance of letting them understand and be reminded of what it is that unites them and in whom 
they are grounded. Paul tells the church at Corinth that they already have the gift. All that they need now is the revealing of how those gifts are going to be used. They are to wait for revelation. Now, I don't know about you, but all this is sounding very familiar to my ears, is it not? It almost sounds like Paul could be talking to the United Methodist Church. Or he could be speaking to Red Ridge United Methodist Church. You remember back a couple of weeks ago, we talked about our vision here at Red Ridge in 2020. And I am assuming that after that conversation on that day that we are joining together to pray as a whole body for God to reveal to us what he has in store for us here at Red Ridge. That's only been two weeks. Sometimes it may seem like a lifetime. But I'm already hearing concerns and doubts and questions. So the word here this morning is we can't jump ahead of the waiting. We can't jump ahead of the waiting even though that is our culture that's what we have been conditioned to do instant gratification instant knowledge uh, whatever this season of time has brought to us and it is very tempting to jump ahead because who likes to wait certainly not I but wait we must we cannot get ahead of the Holy Spirit. Waiting on revelation is not just some passive inactivity, if you will. It's not a hiding of our talents. And it is most certainly not a refusal to step out into an unknown future. We are to actively wait on God's revelation. We are to wait anticipating the instructions that are going to be given to us and how we are best to use our gifts here at Red Ridge. How many of you remember the story of the little engine that could? We could probably all recite that story from memory. And this past week, I, I did a lot of that, not necessarily thinking about a train, but the thought that was running through my head was, 
the little church that could. Do you remember the story? I think I can. I think I can. We as Christians in waiting here at Red Ridge, we can do all things through Christ our Lord who gives us strength. We don't know the vision that God is has in store for us yet. That's what we're praying and waiting for, if you will. But I know, because the Bible tells me so, that whatever that vision is, we can do anything through the guidance of the Holy Spirit. We can do anything through the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Dietrich Bonhoeffer is one of my favorite people, author, theologian, whatever you want to assign to his name. But there is a wonderful quote in his book, Life Together, that I wanted to share this morning because I think it speaks very loudly to us today. The church is not the ideal which we are to create, but rather the reality given by God in Christ in which we are invited to participate. Let me read that again. The church is not the ideal which we are to create, but rather the reality given by God in Christ in which we are invited to participate. Nowhere has it ever been said or written that the church is perfect. I can't get an amen for that. <laughs> Nowhere has that ever been said or written that the church is supposed to be perfect. Or even that we should be perfect. <sighs> yeah. But what is said and what is written is that we are bound together through Christ and by Christ for the purpose of going and making disciples of all nations. The vision of any church is what guides its activity and sustains its life. And I point you back to our own vision and mission statement yet again here at Red Ridge. 
Vision directs us. It moves us. It lives. It breathes. It comforts. It corrects. And the vision for our church should be as unique as we are. If God calls us to give a cup of water to the least of these, it is on us to decide what that cup of water is for our community. It's up to us to decide what that cup of water is for our community. And the answer flows from our uniqueness. Not from saying or doing or copying what the church down the road or the church here or there or wherever is doing. And if you've spent any time at all here at Red Ridge, you know exactly how we are so unique. So who are we? What is our assignment? As we go back to our text, even though God's church there in Corinth is fractured and has many conflicts. Paul opens the letter here to the church at Corinth by spotlighting the ways, the many ways that God has enriched and sustained them as a church. He highlights where God has been and their call into the fellowship of Jesus Christ. Together in Christ, gathered as the church, the community of faith lacks absolutely nothing that is needed as they wait on God. It is in this sense that Paul gives thanks to God for the gift of each and every member of the church at Corinth. The gift that God has given in the past remains a present reality. Think about that for a minute. The gift that God has given in the past is the present reality of the church. The story of the church at Corinth is like the story of the Methodist church or the story of Red Ridge Methodist church. It's not complete because the church continues to wait for what God will do in the future. 
what Paul can do through this passage is to teach us to be grateful for the gifts that God has given us. Even with all of our imperfections, God has gifted us with gifts of understanding, gifts of caring, gifts of words that help and heal, gifts of faithfulness to Jesus Christ, gifts of shared community. The church is rich in blessings. Not because of the accomplishments of the people within the fellowship, but because of the grace of God that has enriched and continues to sustain its people. The church seeks to minister still in this day and this time and to be faithful especially now, especially now. But the church is a community that waits in hope for a future day, a day that is to come. The church can live in hope only because Jesus will be its strength to the end of the age because our God is faithful. Amen and amen.